1: Hello and welcome to the Cookbook Circle Podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Hannah. And simply put, we review cookbooks. We take one book for each episode and both cook a couple of dishes, then discuss what we liked, more likely what we didn't like, and give it a rating out of five. Like all the best recipes, it's pretty simple.
0: And if you love what we do, we're now on Patreon. This means if you'd like to support us, your subscription will help cover the podcast costs from the books themselves, the ingredients of what we cook, and in return you'll get some fun stuff. To find out more, visit our website, thecookbookcircle.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Thanks, friends. Now for the podcast.
1: Hello. Hi. hi. Oh, Hannah! <laughs> yeah, we'd never rehearse who's going to say hello or, you know, discuss it, but it always works out great, I think. Two seasons in, we're, um, we've really smashed it.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Obviously, we we had recorded our last episode like in early Jan, I think, and we put it mm. out then after a slightly longer hiatus than we had planned um, because my very lovely mum passed away, which has obviously been a shit time, but... I guess I'm saying it now because we put it on Instagram so that people know but we realized that not all of our listeners are on Instagram so that is to explain our absence but what I do have to say is that when we did put it on Instagram our listeners are so nice they are the so nicest nice. people in the world and um, thank you so much for all of your lovely messages it was just incredible like people that I didn't even know from like uni and stuff got in touch or like people I've lived with like 10 years ago and I didn't even know they listened to the podcast and just sent like these really cute messages about like how they enjoyed stories about my mum, that one about like, I think I said it in a Nigella episode where mum and I had been watching like a Nigella TV show together and uh, realised that we had, she made this big Yorkshire pudding
1: in a big tray
0: with like, and we had it with like mascarpone and honey and stuff and they said that they really liked that story and yeah just the nicest messages obviously my mom was to my everyone thinks their mom is the best cook in the world but i actually think my mum was the best cook in the world and definitely the best baker she probably fostered my love of focaccia um <laughs> she, could, she <laughs> can make it with her eyes closed so yeah just thank you everybody for such lovely messages and thank you
1: vic for supporting
0: me through a very shit time <laughs> love
1: you you are welcome um yeah I also just want to say on Hannah's mom that uh I am incredibly proud of Hannah and her sisters Hannah has three sisters you probably remember that from previous episodes of for their um yeah just for they've been through a lot these past few weeks Mm -hmm. and I'm proud of them all and uh and yes I can't wait to hear more of um Hannah's stories about her mom's cooking. There's a photo that I remember you showed me, or maybe you put it up on your Instagram at some point, uh, of like your mom is cooking on a barbecue and you're like running around. Like I don't know what you're. I can't remember what you're eating, but you're eating something and you're like you're having a barbecue and it like it really stuck in my mind. And that's how in my head that's like I put how I picture your mom and like your your life growing up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, and that picture is so great. I should put it on our Instagram. It's mom in the background yeah. on, on a barbecue and it's me walking towards the camera eating something that she's obviously like given me off the <laughs> barbecue and I'm thrilled with myself. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, was, she used to make, like, she used to make the best birthday cakes for me when I was growing up. Like, the, like my birthday parties were the best anyway, because, like, usually birthday parties, like, kids would get shoved into a room with the TV on or something. But my mum would organise all these great games. And then she would make, like, a couple of years in a row when I was a kid, she made this great birthday cake that was, like, the base was all, like, Cadbury's flakes. And then the top was Ooh. like ice cream or something, so it was like a fr- it was like an icebox wow. cake thing. And she would do it in like a heart shaped mold, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is the best cake ever!" Yeah, so lots of really good memories. She used to make a really good chicken pie when I used to when I was a kid, and I used to eat meat oh. as well. Um, so yes, lots to talk about there. But
1: anyway, we might do an episode on it. I think but yes, that's why we've been away. Um, yeah so thank you for everyone's understanding and very lovely messages which brought a tear to my eye some of them as well because so yeah, they were really lovely you guys um, are the best so thank you thank,
0: <laughs> thank you really no.
1: appreciate you
0: <laughs> I'm not crying you're crying <laughs> <laughs> I just got something in my eye <laughs> what have you been looking at enjoying doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're changing the subject I'm going to talk um, as I often do about TikTok we get into our books um i am still for those listening obsessed with tiktok i don't get enough food content on there and i feel sad about that it's a lot of like you know oh mom content and like
0: you need two separate accounts maybe you should have one that's i know yeah you can do all the food stuff or well you're not actually posting on tiktok are you you're a little tiktok lurker
1: no it just no it just knows that i'm a mom but that stuff is so boring, but food stuff is not boring to me. Anyway, I saw these, um, these things. I don't know if they went viral or whatever, but I saw quite a few people making them, these, like, crispy dumpling things. Dumpling alert. I love them. My They're probably thing. my favourite food. Uh, <laughs>
0: my little dumpling.
1: Um, but they are... So, you know... You know that like if you have, like, s- summer rolls? Yes. Not spring rolls, summer rolls. They have that like right that like translucent w- rice paper. Yeah, love them. Right? Yes. Well, I don't love them as a, as a summer roll. However, you like them as an autumn uh, roll, an an autumn roll or a spring roll. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different pastry, lads. Um, so, uh, yes. So, there that you use that, and then you make some kind of filling. Uh, and I made a filling of like just all the vegetables that I had in the house and some you're supposed to put like well in the recipe I saw you put like tofu in it but I didn't have any tofu so I just put some um bean like butter beans in there for a bit of uh nice protein um mix it with you know whatever flavors you want Mm. I put like a load of kimchi in there some miso some you know that stuff so you make your little filling so that's all finely chopped and put in and then you kind of soak Because so those rice papers come like hard, right? Like, In like circles, and so you soak them just for a little bit. um, Put them flat. Put some filling in and wrap them up like a little parcel, like a little present. Yes, nice. Double bag them. Double bag. Double bag. Put two of those sheets on (laughs) for extra safety uh, and no leakages. And then you. Fry them in a pan, so they so they get f- crispy either side. Oh, um, so it's like a cross between so a spring and a summer roll,
0: a sprummer roll.
1: Exactly. Oh, wow. Yes, a sprummer. <laughs> <laughs> a sprummer from the brummy, brummy, brummer. Yeah, um, <laughs> a brummer. Um, yeah, and they're delicious. I mean, annoyingly, on all the TikTok videos, they and they've got that that knife uh, you know, crispy like nice. Rob that to show you how crows be and it does my fucking head in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they are very crispy and uh, some TikTokers said that you can make them in the air fryer. And I would definitely try that again. Oh, yeah. And then other people, instead of just a load of fun vegetables or whatever, have been putting like noodles in the middle, Ooh. like making noodles. And I was like, that's That, that tech, that seems like a texture sensation to me, <laughs> like chewy noodles in a crispy shell <laughs> yes
0: because don't traditional summer rolls a lot of the time have those very thin rice noodles in them too or maybe they're not rice but, yes yeah, no, i think rice. you're
1: right like they're, they're quite because i guess that they're, they're often it's often raw vegetables as well isn't it yes in, in the Yeah, yes so i guess it's kind of crunchy and nice Ooh, um they sound young. they were um I should have taken a photo to put them on, but they were, they were really good. And you could just make them with literally anything you you have. Yeah. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure the rice paper things I just got from the Chinese supermarket and they weren't very much money, but no. they were just a fun little way of using up vegetables and something I'd seen. And I love a crunchy dumpling. Cute. <laughs> so i reckon that's a tiktok thing that i could absolutely get behind and i will keep you all posted on my future forays into tiktok viral foods no butter boards over here probably oh but whatever's god next. fucking butter boards or that feta <laughs> pasta that was everywhere with that the feta hum. pasta jesus christ they started selling it in m&s and that's when you know they? bad vibes yeah you could buy like it, I, in the summer i think it was you could buy like yeah basically it was it didn't have the pasta but it was like feta and tomatoes and you like baked it as like a i don't know a starter or whatever. but yeah I love a like i'm telling you this christmas coming 2023 christmas butterboards will be on like menus for christmas dinners everywhere it's like you'll go out with your friends or fam- family or um work you know well my work is my family I know that you guys know that but <laughs> um so it's, I, I don't you know separate the two but um yeah <laughs> there'll be butter boards there I just cannot be art with them I love
0: butter very much as we all know but I just I just don't see the point I think it's for people with too much slime in their hands it's The Gwyneth Paltrow's of this world. Although hers wouldn't be butter, it would be like fucking coconut oil or some shit. Flaxseed. Flaxseed boards. Watch out. Hot trend for 2023.
1: (laughs) It would help you, you know, uh, exfoliate your board after the butter. (laughs) Getting all those crevices. Oh. Oh, God. Flaxseed eggs. That comes up a lot in like vegan cooking, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I never, I never dabbled actually in all my vegan baking with flaxseed. But as what do you use instead of eggs
1: in your vegan baking?
0: <sighs> Can't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I remember there was a lot. Was it of. it called? Aquafaba.
0: <laughs> yes, I've used aquafaba. I've used um, there's a lot of coconut oil usually and stuff. But actually, I just I thought my kind of principle a lot of the time is if you had to replace too many things then it probably wasn't going to work so I would try to veer mm. towards more like stuff that you could just do without having to, yeah, I don't know Yeah, like stuff that used like oil or stuff instead but anyway, we're not here to but... talk about vegan cooking or we are not are we? Not.
1: <laughs> oh, are we? Yes. no, we're definitely oh, I'm no. definitely not no, no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> um, this is our last Full episode of season two. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, I mean, you know, not woohoo. I've, you know, enjoyed this season. But, but that's, we'll save that for the next episode. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, before, you know, anyone fears we won't be taking as long a break. We're fully refreshed. So we'll probably no go... No babies. No babies. So, yeah, more to... More about that soon, but we'll do like a wrap up episode next, which I think will be fun because we have realized that we're coming back to some books more. We've had some thoughts, so I think that'll yeah. be uh, interesting to discuss. But today, we're going to talk about one Miss Diana Henry. Diana Henry, we she's from Northern Ireland, come you know, full
1: circle.
0: making her a gemini. She,
1: yeah, Look, <laughs> making her a gemini. Um. <laughs> But That's a Nadine a Coyle
0: reference for anyone who doesn't know. And Vicky is, like, low-key obsessed with Nadine Coyle.
1: I am, you are. No, any any content that you see around Nadine Coyle absolutely cracks you up. It's so funny. Like I work on a flyer. Also, do you know that she was, like, married or, like, had a baby with this, uh, the American footballer that does all their NFL news in the UK? And... How did they talk to each other? Like, she, a lot of the time, you cannot understand what she's saying. As someone who lives in the UK, I can't understand what she's saying. And, like, Americans, even even more so... I don't I mean, I'm sure it's fine. Well, she was with I, that guy from... being stereotypical.
0: She was with that guy from uh, Desperate Housewives for a bit as well. That Jesse Metcalf
1: creature. Oh, she, she... Oh, yeah. You know, Jesse Metcalf is... Um, Is it him? He's in my... Show where they're all Irish. Oh
0: God, Chesapeake Shore is whatever that show is that you watch. <laughs> they're all Irish. Jesus,
1: my, my my nan used to make the blueberry pie. <laughs> like Really bad <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, we digress again.
0: Um, um, Diana Henry, I think we mentioned this at the end of the last episode uh, when we f- hosted our first ever in real life cookbook circle meetup. Wow, we we had a snappier <laughs> name than that. I promise. <laughs> first ever in real life cookbook circle meetup. We tried to pick a chef that had lots of that was well known and that had lots of. Recipes online so people didn't have to buy a book or whatever, and was well loved. And that we picked Diana Henry, so everybody brought dishes from her, yeah, online stuff or her books. Yeah,
1: that was in the halcyon days of January 2020, yeah, when the world had not yet closed
0: down. And we used to sit beside each other at work, and we would like pretend to work but actually be planning. (laughs) Good book circle meetings.
1: No. Now we sit on Zoom and pretend to, Just joking. Just joking. Just joking if our boss is a <laughs> um, Hi, guys. So, Love you.
0: Shall um, I tell you a little bit about Ms. Henri? Please. <laughs> please. Oh, <laughs> oh my I'm God. Imagine sure people talking about Thierry Henri.
1: Well, as I've said before, the Irish don't like Thierry Henry, so we won't be talking about him. Um, And Diana Henry clearly wouldn't. (laughs) Well, well, she's Northern Irish, just to say they're separate countries. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: actually, she talks a little bit about her love of food as a child at the start of the book that I'll be talking about, which is How to Eat a Peach. Um, But, so basically, she's like... She sounds like a cool kid, right? When she was, like, 12 mm. or 13, she was just really interested in food. She said that her mum used to cook lots... She would have lots of people around all the time, and she'd, like, put out these great spreads of kind of buffet-style food for people coming around, and that her mum did all these cookery classes, so she would do, like, an Austrian cooking class, or she, was- she read loads of um Cordon Bleu books and stuff as well. So she would put out quite you know quote-unquote exotic food for the time um and people loved it so that was obviously where she got her inspiration but then she started cooking diana herself started cooking meals for her friends at like age 12 or 13. oh um, wow yeah and she said she says at the start of my book cara she's just always loved menus and making menus and she has like a little she when she was 16 she started to keep a book of menus and she would just like dream up dream up meals and menus to cook she wouldn't necessarily make them but she just would fantasize
1: about like these menus that is so cute that is the cutest thing I've ever heard I want to do that that. for the rest of the day (laughs) you do (laughs) do that
0: um so and then she went to France ding 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 French alert age 15 um, on exchange and then she learned a lot there she was staying with a family who introduced her to like olive oil and you know good produce and and that kind of had a big Mm. impact on her Um, so yeah she she actually talks a little bit about her first dinner party when she was 16 and it wasn't appreciated by her 16-year-old guest so she filled the room with the dining room with so many candles that the first person to arrive asked whether they were going to celebrate mass <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> and then another express concerns that we were having potato for dessert um, and it was being served in pineapple shells, but it was like this pineapple sorbet that she'd made and put in oh. pineapple shells, but the room was so dark with all her candles that nobody... <laughs> people thought that it was like mashed potatoes. So, yeah, obviously she yeah really loved cooking quite young but she didn't actually plan to be a food writer or have a career in food she thought she might be an actress or a lawyer and and then her early career was actually as a TV producer and she would work on she worked on some food related shows like TV dinners with Hugh Fernley Whittingstall I don't remember that one but I'm sure he was like you know banging on about how not to eat TV dinner Some fucking, I don't know, organic <laughs> artichokes from your garden or some shit.
1: So have a TV dinner, but eat it at your allotment. <laughs>
0: yeah, mm. our friend Laura, actually, who we work with on the Stolen Stitches um, collaboration, is ob- low key obsessed with Q Friendly Wishing Stolen. Always sends me all these reels of him really? <laughs> Like, deductively eating parsnips in his <laughs> bloody conservatory. Um
1: oh.
0: I think she's taking the piss, Laura, you can clarify. So then yeah, when, yeah. when she was working on this, she's, during the weekend, she started <laughs> cooking from books like um, Julia Child, Claudia Roden. And she was living near Edgware Road in London, and she would go food shopping there, and she said you could just pretty much get everything. Um, so that was kind of a big influence on her. Nice. And then... After she had her first child in 98, she decided to become a food writer. I
1: mean, love that.
0: Wish I could do that.
1: Same as me. Yeah. I just had my first child. (laughs) Yes, well, now you can become a food writer. So uh, there's not much about...
0: (laughs) That's the rite of passage, right?
1: That's what I heard, yeah.
0: (laughs) There's not much about that journey from, like, what she... uh, How she kind of did that and how she pursued it, but... It wasn't until 2002 that she published her first book, which was called Crazy Water Pickled Lemons. Crazy Water Pickled Lemons. I'm not sure how to arrange my intonation for that one. (laughs) Is it a homer in that? No, no, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Water Pickled (laughs) Lemons. Sounds like an AI has written that (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, an Artelenghi book.
1: Um, Mm. So,
0: yeah, that was Recipes from Middle East, Mediterranean, North Africa, which is a cuisine that, like, she... There was a New York Times piece that was kind of comparing her and Artelenghi in a way, which is not a comparison that I thought I would see, but it was just about how uh, Diana Henry kind of loves these... those kind of influences of the Middle East and stuff, and has not... not normalised, but, like... In, uh, incorporated a lot of ingredients like figs and quinces and right. spices like cardamom and chili and whatever into her recipes. Um, so that was her first book. She since then she's published eight more, two oh, wow. of which we're going to talk about. But they're like they're, they're quite varied. Like this, there was one on just chicken. I think it was called A Bird in the Hand. Um, <laughs> she great name. loves chicken. Uh, so there's like salt, sugar, smoke, then there was most recently simple in two thousand and six she's churning them out, man there's two there in two thousand and fourteen that she that wow. was published in the same year, then one in two thousand and fifteen that's the chicken one, another in two thousand and sixteen, and then two thousand and eighteen, two thousand and nineteen so she's like a machine, wow, and she also. Uh, she writes a column for Stella magazine in The Telegraph. We won't hold that against her. And she um, was named... <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, she was named the Fortnum and Mason Cookery Writer of the Year in 2013. She won the Guild of Food Writers Cookery Book of the Year Award in 2015. She's just won loads. Wow! So she's really, yeah, just forged this amazing career in food that I'm frankly quite envious
1: of. of. She's obsessed with cookbooks as well, right? Yeah, she is. There's isn't a, she? yeah, there's a BBC food program episode about people who are obsessed with cookbooks and she is on it. Um, where was I invite? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was pre, it was pre cookbook circles. Uh, for you. <laughs> birth. Um, but yeah, it, and she, yeah, she, it's her. And then these like, other people that have like, you know, had to build, structures in their home to house their cookbooks talking about how they're obsessed with them and uh yeah i loved it
0: remember when we spoke to julie gibbs and her like amazing wall of cookery books yes that's the dream that is the dream i think i need to get another bookshelf soon that's starting to get a bit
1: weighed down anyway that's diana yeah love her yeah she's pretty she's brilliant Great. And so we are doing, like you said, she has so many books. We are doing two different books today. So I'm going to talk about from oven to table, from um, the oven to the table. Sorry.
0: From from oven to table.
1: Um, from the I, crazy oven to the crazy
0: table. <laughs> crazy <laughs> what? A <else>? <laughs> Um lemon. I'm talking. I'm currently pulling the sticker off, which is why there's that noise. <laughs> um, I'm talking about how to eat. A peach,
1: which was the book right before that. But what about your book? <laughs> <Bit of bumble. laughs> um, Still got it, lads.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Back in the gate. How to eat a peach has a slightly fuzzy cover like a peach. That's, how, do, does that, how does that make you feel? Vic doesn't like this. I told her this already and she she's not no, sure I just, about it. I'm stroking you know, it like a cat. <laughs> you are stroking it like a cat i just think that's so fun Who's... yeah i mean my dog's hairs are currently like... <laughs> on, it's not about. actually furry it's just dog's hair is all over JK JK, i clean my house but um the yeah i think it's fun it's not creepy when you're up next weekend you can feel the book if you're lucky
1: you buy me dinner, for God. I... <laughs> I am gonna buy you dinner. You'll probably no. hear that about our next uh, times episode because we are gonna see each other for the first time in ages. Yes, and
0: it's a very cookbook circle. The first day time that in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's shit, isn't it? That's terrible. That Sorry. is shit. It would, yeah. If I, if I hadn't been home for ages, it would have been sooner. But yeah, we're we're. I think this is an epic cookbook circle day because we're gonna eat. A couple of meals together and we're gonna see james acaster our off-menu here at a gig
1: we're not just going to dinner with him unfortunately (sighs)
0: sadly not (laughs) still our career goal
1: (laughs) tell me about your book (laughs) mine is not furry and i don't know if i'm disappointed or happy about that but um (laughs) it's not uh so yes so it is it, it's called from the oven to the table it is textured though the front okay embossed textured and this is this us trying of, to do ASMR <laughs> <laughs> this is Just the running, you running your knife <laughs> off your crispy
0: roll we rub our books
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll rub your knife on, on my crispy roll um... <laughs> wow we're both of it. what's wrong right? Both drank a lot of coffee this morning. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of lack of sleep going on in various households um, on the call. So, it it to be fair, I, 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 we're making innuendos, but it is a bit of a sexy book. Like it, in terms of, I mean, like it's not got innuendos in it, but like you can see, like it's very like dark. Like all the photography is very like dark, moody. very sultry, moody. Like it's not is moody, right? Which by the way, is that where I'm going wrong? Well, <laughs> too maybe. damn cheerful. <laughs> maybe to me. Um, yeah, I, th- I think because, like, so, essentially, it's a one-pot cookbook. Love it. Right? Everything is just, go, you know, put it all in one pot, goes in the oven, or two or three, but you basically get to the point in each recipe where you put something in the oven and forget about it, and then it comes out cooked. Great. That's how ovens work, for those who those of our listeners who don't want to know. Um, and it's yeah, she, she talks about um basically it's all about one cut, co- one pot cooking, simplicity, Great. simple ingredients as well. Like there's nothing um in here that's particularly out of the ordinary. Nice in terms of ingredients. Uh, there's a couple of things, but generally she gives a substitution or something like that and it's split into the following chapters simple suppers my favorite ingredient spoiler alert it's chicken thighs and this woman loves chicken more than I know anyone to have ever loved chicken but specifically thighs I mean you know I I love that I love chicken thighs Um, asparagus to aubergines which is spring and summer vegetables beetroot to bitter leaves autumn and winter vegetables uh cook until tender which is grains and pulses weekends high holidays no weekends high days and holidays i'm not sure what high day is um it's, um, it's a crazy washer pick a lemon <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's what she's yeah. cooking in there <laughs> yeah. and then something sweet so it's all yeah and they're all what well, basically all one page recipes um and like I said, very interesting, like, photography. Lots of meat in here. Really? There is, like, ve- there is vegetable, um, like, there's those vegetable sections, but a lot of meat, particularly chicken. But there is also uh, poussin, which is small chickens. Uh, <laughs> there's whole chickens. And there is lamb. <laughs> and uh, Not related
0: to a chicken. Friend of the chicken. <laughs>
1: friend of the chicken born at a similar time in the year um, so yeah shall I tell you what I cooked yes please <laughs> so I cooked two things okay. um, and I think before talking about these things I think I'm at a stage in my life right now I'm, I'm in a season of my life right now where for some reason I'm a bit fed off of one pot cooking <laughs> <laughs> But mate, mate, I think that you've got like, haven't you? Kind of got
0: the one part books, like whenever we've done two book episodes. I think for Mini I, yes. yours was one part one as well, yes.
1: and someone else's. I just and like I don't, they're great for various things, but like I just my heart sinks a little bit like reading these recipes because like. It, I don't know. It just there's only so much you can do yes. putting something in the oven or in one pot or whatever it is. The textures um, kind of all become one. Yes, texture. And I like texture as we have know as we know from my dumpling uh, stories recently, texture uh, queen. as in ten minutes ago. I'm a texture <laughs> queen. I love a crunch. Love a crunch. And I just think that that yeah, okay. it, it's a bit leftovers-y Like all I'm thinking about is oh, I'm going to eat this for the next three days. Um, and that's fine we love not wasting food we do very important
0: and i guess at, at a certain point we you know we are exposing ourselves to a number of cookbooks in the name of the greater good so that nobody else has to we have more of each type of cookbook so if but if for somebody they might just have one one pot cookbook and yes. that serves all of their one pot needs we yes. just have been maybe a little bit overexposed yeah. to our vocation.
1: <laughs> I think it's a um yeah, a texture thing. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm just gonna preface that with that. So th- okay. if it, my if I don't seem very excited about these things, then that's why. Um gotcha. uh, it's not that these are bad recipes or whatever. So the first one is chicken and rice with coconut, green chilies, coriander, and lime. Nice. So Um, this is actually one of the most simple, I think, in the whole book. And I've been through this book quite a lot because I was struggling to know what to do. Um, so it is, you get chicken thighs, bone in, skin on. She says eight. Um, you kind of just brown those off a bit, get some of the fat out, um, just to cook them off, put them on a plate. So you've got like a schmaltzy, uh, base in your kind of wide pan that is then going to go in the oven flame proof um you you've got a chopped onion you kind of put that in soften it up and then add garlic ginger ground coriander ground cumin and fresh green chilies nice so that's a nice good so cook that on the like schmaltzy yeah really nice um and then she says to add your vegetables, a squash and cauliflower. Um, so it's like 200 grams of squash and 100 grams of cauliflower. But she does also say in the intro that you could just do one or the other, depending on like what you have. So I just did yeah. squash because I had a squash. Mm-hmm. And I, not, you know, I'm not going to just use 100 grams of cauliflower. Uh, no, nope. I'm not going to buy a cauliflower for that. Um, so you add that in, cook, 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 cook. And then you put the chicken, like rest the chicken back on top with skin side up on top of that. Gotcha. No, you don't. Before that, mm. you add rice, just basmati rice, uh, fresh coriander, lime zest, lime juice, and lime leaves. Oh, wow. Limey. I only had dried lime. Lime and limey? Dried. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but all the accents are coming out today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what could be next? Um, and then you add the chicken back. So you're cooking all that lovely, you're kind of cooking all that lovely rice in the the chickeny veggie goodness. Love nice. a bit of that, as we know. I love a chickeny rice. Um, you put the chicken back in, and then you heat. So you've got some chicken stock. You've got. Let me tell you how much. 400 mils of chicken stock and then 300 mils of coconut milk oh and you mix those together and, and you warm those together in a saucepan separately right so two pounds for this and then oh. you add that in to your pot with mm-hmm. your rice and chicken and everything and then you put it in the oven at 180 degrees for 35 minutes wow I love that idea by the way of like mixing the coconut milk and chicken stock
0: yeah that's great
1: yeah uh like t- to cook the rice in because it just sounds and it, it is like so nice it makes your house smell amazing as you can yeah. imagine like all that coriander lime chicken coconut milk and you just put it in and obviously like then so the juice is all soaked up by the rice it's the chicken is cooked they've got just little crispy tops yeah um and Are she useful? says to serve it with a little bit of Yogurt and chutney. Nice.
0: So kind of asian inspired flavours.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it does feel fresh. You kind of... you, And then, you know, you serve it with yogurt and chutney and you've got more fresh coriander and a bit of a squeeze of lime over the top of it for just that, like, to cut through it. Because um, I guess it is quite rich. It was really nice. I would absolutely make this again or something kind of inspired by this with whatever... If you've got chicken thighs, because also the, that's the good thing about... Um, chicken thighs is that they're cheap especially bone in skin on ones. yeah um you know i I don't like chicken breasts anyway and they're three times the price so if you can get them you can cook loads together and it will it will last it was really nice i think it was milder the taste of the rice and everything was milder than i'd hoped Mm. and that might be because that's just how it's supposed to be or it might be because the chicken stock I've got at the moment is not great like it's a bit shit a bit yeah. cheap um I need to get and I made something last night not from um any of the cookbooks we're talking about but I made something and the, that, it, I felt the same about it and I think like, I just need to get better chicken stock is yeah. is maybe the answer to my problems here it does make a difference um, doesn't it I can't really believe you're yeah. not making your own at home well, you know, maybe that's for next season. <laughs> <laughs> 100% um,
0: taking my it. <laughs> I think,
1: like, you know, ma- making your
0: own stock is, like, one of the, like, that's quite a chefy thing to do. Like, a lot of people post yeah. about it on Instagram and TikTok or whatever, but, like, who is actually, I'd love to meet somebody who's working or, you know, has a kid and who has the time to, yes. like, make their own
1: stock. It's, it's yeah. Hard. My grandma used to make stock turkey stock from the, the christmas turkey and i like it's like that's a memory that I burn into my brain of like the day after christmas like that would be like on the on the hob like boiling down for hours yeah. and hours and hours and obviously it makes it smell lovely but i thought that well a turkey stock is gonna last from a turkey is gonna last you for the whole year <laughs> yeah, anyway yeah. right um but yeah like you say it's got no one has got the time for that nope. Um, but no, this was nice, very like filling flavors like went well together. Mm. It was nice, and then the second thing I made as a little uh I feel like i don't know this is very different to things I've usually made, right oh. is the creamy gratin of smoked haddock, tomatoes, and potatoes. oh, that is unusual for you mm. fish I feel like you don't usually go for a fish fishy dishes I don't, but um, I love a smoked fish. And this just for some reason I kept coming back to it. I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this looks really, really nice. Yes. And a bit different, like you say, and just could be fun to do. Yeah. Um I had a bit of a nightmare with this. Not that the, the recipe was absolutely fine. Like and it again, very easy. Um but so two basically I had two disasters. One <laughs> we're having uh, a salad crisis in the UK at the moment and I couldn't get tomatoes. And Hannah knows about this because I was <laughs> voice knowing her all day on the, <laughs> the day I was trying to make it. I went to like six different shops and I could not find one tomato, fresh tomato. Um, and I had all the other things for this, like the smoked haddock, the, you know, the cream. It's got quite a lot of cream in it and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up having to... Uh, buy tinned tomatoes I bought tinned cherry tomatoes in the end mm. with the skin on and like washed them oh, and, <laughs> and left them to dry and used those because I was like I can't omit this but also no. I have no idea when I'm going to get tomatoes again. It's bizarre I mean we do bits yeah, about buying tomatoes
0: out of season but I, I don't think that that's you know it's been a decision by the supermarkets everywhere that they're just going to stop
1: <laughs> No it's some kind of it's right. Morocco, apparently. Morocco's got snow. Um, and hmm. we are no longer in the EU. And so we don't have any buying power to buy them from elsewhere, like the rest of the uni- European Union. But so, we have um, that extra 350 million a week for the
0: NHS. So <clears throat> that's all the We part. got our country back. Yeah, so yeah. that's what's so, really
1: important yeah. um, to know. Uh, so that was the first disaster. And I'll come to the second disaster <laughs> in a minute. So this... So your your big effort in this one is you have to mandolin, uh, seven hundred grams of a uh, waxy new potatoes.
0: Oh, do you have a mandolin? Uh,
1: no, but I do. do you there's have a mandolin fingertips? thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've really cut my finger <laughs> on this one. Um, I used the side of my grater. My box grater has like a mandolin thing, and that worked abs- absolutely fine. Mm. I was gonna use like a long, long time ago. Hannah and our friends bought me a, a grater and slicer for my kitchen aid, attachment for my kitchen aid, but okay. I didn't know if it was going to be um, thin enough. Yeah, Because I was looking at it and it's, anyway, she says it, they have to be absolutely paper thin, otherwise they won't cook. Right. So, anyway, so that took about five hours and, you know, <laughs> half my, half my fingers. <laughs> and it was um, new potatoes as well,
0: right? So they're really yeah. small. So
1: not, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was fun um and so that's done uh and then you cut the fish so it's 500 grams of smoked haddock fillets the price of fish really yeah anyway it's fine 400 grams of tomatoes just mentioned tomatoes um uh thyme double cream uh, 500 muscle double cream, garlic, some mustard, some cheese, uh, cheddar cheese and parmesan cheese for the top. Nice. So you mandolin these potatoes and then you chop your tomatoes in thin slices. Uh, you and you were washed <laughs> from a tin cherry tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a terrible the the cherry tomato situation was a terrible idea um also what about this sun that's coming in on my video it's right <laughs> so got like an angelic
0: <laughs> instagram filter glow at the i know i love it
1: um yes so you you slice all that and then you put a you kind of layer half of the potatoes and tomatoes on mm-hmm. like in a in a like a gratin dish but yeah. I just use like an oval I have an oval or crusade and then you heat up to just before boiling the milk with the garlic and the mustard right um and did I leave that for too long and did the cream go all over my kitchen oh no yes oh no yes Creamy kitchen. uh <laughs> did I do some big swearing about that yes <laughs> but anyway it's fine i had extra cream because we lost a lot in that in that disaster but then there was there was a lot of cream a lot of tea towels met their fate in this uh and you don't even really like cream
0: so if you're like cleaning up (laughs) the cream you're like oh
1: my god (laughs) so anyway so you do that you pour half of the cream once that's you know the warmed up cream uh over the potatoes and tomatoes then you layer you do a layer of the fish mm-hmm. you lay the fish on top of that and then more p- potatoes and tomatoes more cream gotcha uh, lots of seasoning in between that and then the cheese is on top right uh, cheddar parmesan then in the oven for about 45 to 50 minutes nice. until the potatoes are cooked you leave it to, to kind of sit uh, for a minute and then serve Uh, it was nice, it was really nice again. The flavors felt milder than I'd hoped, yeah. And again, this could have been, um, there's obviously no stock issues here, but maybe the fish wasn't as smoked as I thought it was going to be, or Uh maybe I didn't cut it small enough. I don't know, um, but I I liked it and I, you know, ate it. It it tasted nice a second day and a sec, you know, afterwards, yeah, um, because once they've kind of it's kind of sat for a while. Um I thought there was going to be too much cream for me, but also I don't like with I like gratin fine, but um well I like it. But I thought it'd be when I first served it, I was like, oh, is it too much is it too like liquidy? But it wasn't. It was fine. Uh and again, better the second day. I think obviously it obviously would have been better with fresh tomatoes. Or maybe I didn't infuse the cream as much as I should have or maybe the infused cream went all over the floor and uh the non-infused cream but anyway it was nice I wasn't um but no I liked it and I don't think I've ever made well I've definitely never uh mandolin 700 grams of potatoes before nor will you again probably <laughs> i'm not sure i will um, <laughs> but you know i probably use some kind of machine for it in the future but no it was good and i'm glad i made it and i like i said like, i'm sure also it would have been absolutely a thousand times better with fresh tomato
0: <laughs> but uh i like that the mind. tomatoes were in there though because otherwise it's got more like fish pie vibes doesn't it quite yes. creamy and bland, but at least maybe the tomatoes kind of brought some it, yeah they did like broke
1: it up um, and it also that breaks also breaks the colour up of it yeah yeah like it's not just like, exactly like say like fish pie it was good tell me about your book and what you made so my book is how to eat peach with the aforementioned fuzzy cover um
0: it is we mentioned her love of menus and it's basically like a book of menus so the photography is so beautiful like uh, just of the produce even the cover is just this gorgeous like yeah
1: the cover is beautiful
0: yeah the light coming in on a bowl of peaches Um so in the intro, she, she says that she gets texts all the time on like a Friday night Saturday morning being like shit like what do what what can I make that goes with this dish or like yeah what starter should I make she says everyone's always looking for like a quick starter so I guess she has probably compiled all of that advice into here. But she's um well, what's nice in the intro is like these little tips that she gives. So she says, like, you know, you don't have to do a starter. I never do a starter. I think like it's fine to give just like some olives and crisps and keep people happy with it. Yeah, the drink a bit of a dip, yeah. Yeah. Um and that, you know, you can forsake puddings for some cheese or
1: Yeah, that you shouldn't be fit.
0: what? James Acaster
1: wouldn't be happy. Well, yeah, James A. could not be happy, but I also wouldn't be happy No, it's true. You can buy a pudding, though, if you're not... If you're making a big dish, right, Yeah. for the main, if you want to buy pudding or get someone else to bring a pudding.
0: Totally. And, like, often people are too full for puddings, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, she says you don't always have to serve bread because people can overdo it, but it is important with, like, meze-style meals that you need... You have enough to kind of scoop stuff up. So I just love those little tips. And then... Yeah, it's quite interesting, really, like the way it's kind of broken up. There's one menu called Crabs Walk Sideways, and it's all kind of like, I think there's a crab tart in that, so it's kind of (laughs) dishes that accompany that. It's like rye bread with radish butter, crab with potatoes, fresh raspberry lemonade, and a strawberry and buttermilk ice cream. So it is lovely the way, like, if you were entertaining, this is the book, because... You literally I just have that. your menu here, like there's a summer one here, and it's courgette ricotta and pecorino fritters, salad of raw sea bass with radishes and nasturtiums, uh, roast chicken with lemon, Mar- Marcella Hazan's recipe, and um, an nice. apricot tart. That's great. That's a great, complete yeah. menu. So
1: the premise is pretty genius. Alice and but- Roman walked, so Diana Henry could run. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs>
1: And there's, like, a southern
0: Italian... stuff. It's lovely. Um, I didn't really, like, follow a menu to make... I just kind of browsed through and found things that I wanted to make. But I think that would be a really fun thing to do for a dinner party. Uh, it does make it, like, a bit... Yeah, I guess a bit different to navigate when you're looking at it from that perspective. Just, yes. I just want one thing to make, but... Uh, It's quite meaty and fishy, but there are a good few vegetarian dishes in here, and a good few, obviously, because it's menus, there's a lot of desserts as well to kind of finish things off, and a few drinks as well, which is nice. I made two things. Mm. The first thing I made was a quite me dish, but again, my mum... Love to make a, a, a savory tart or like a quiche thing and pastry. So I just felt like I kind of wanted to make like home food. Like that so I made this cheddar onion and spinach tart.
1: Ooh!
0: Which it's just lovely. It's just really comforting food, and I I love it. Um, I if I could have like a bakery that only serves savory tarts and sweet tarts, I absolutely would. The pastry for this is lovely. It's just flour, butter, two large egg yolks. So it's quite rich. Um, you're to do it in your food processor. I only have like a mini one, which definitely could not take the um, <laughs> volume. It was just like the bottom was the pastry and the top was just like, you know, seasoned flour. Uh, so I kind of had to take it out and finish by hand. You add a little ice cold water to that as well. And then you caramelize onions, basically for she's realistic about how long it takes about uh more than half an hour and there's some garlic in there as well six garlic cloves and then you uh just soften some spinach quite a lot like a pound which obviously goes to the equivalent of like a leaf of spinach (laughs) and you drain that off and leave it to cool meanwhile you blind bake the pastry i did it in that case that i used for the ravni tart the one with all the little holes and i was like so help me oh, god yeah. this better work because I'm, I'm fragile <laughs> this is just, uh, but it was totally fine like the
1: bis- the tiny mini biscuits were fun last time but not today i'm not in the mood okay <laughs>
0: But you put in um, you put in a baking sheet to warm up in the oven that you put the tart case on. So that probably helps. Oh, and brilliant. it helps to get like a nice base as well. Um... Note
1: to self: buy you a tart case. <laughs> <Okay.
0: laughs> that? I mean, that one was fucking expensive. But anyway, she does an interesting thing which I like, which is when you kind of trim the pastry in the tart so it's kind of yeah looks nice and pretty and even. You keep that leftover pastry, and after you've blind baked it. And you you bake it again for like eight minutes without the beans in there. Then you take it out of the oven, and any kind of cracks that you have in the pastry, you just use that leftover oh, um, nice. the leftover dough, which is a, great a food tip.
1: waste queen. Love it. We love her. And then
0: you yeah, she's good with seasoning too. So you kind of squeeze out the water from the spinach and mine was fucking hot still and i was like ha ho. um and you season that you add that to the onions and then you in a bowl you mix eggs um yolks so two large eggs and three egg yolks cream and mustard i had a bit too much of that filling so um, i guess it depends on what kate ca- how deep your case is how deep mm. is your case deep is, is
1: your case I need, need to, to know, know. <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> i made
0: too much <laughs> <in the> filling <laughs> no no uh, you spread the spinach <laughs> and onions on the base of the case sprinkle on some cheddar cheese extra mature love that always go for extra mature cheddar and then you pour the cream mixture on top and you bake it for like 30 minutes and um, she says until it's just soft in the middle and golden because it will continue to cook once it's out of the oven you cool it for like 10 to 15 minutes and you serve it she says it'd be good with a bitter leaf salad and I, I loved, loved it. it. I loved it Aww. i don't have any faults with that the pastry was great it, it held its shape it wasn't a nightmare to work with and the filling is just you know good old-fashioned can't go wrong cheese onion spinach
1: yeah and and it tastes that would be great. so nice for like a little picnic you know situation wouldn't it as well yes
0: i feel like that's just my catnip i just love savory galettes and tarts and stuff. because they're so great like that and they're great cold and they're nice room yes. temperature and they're just bloody lovely. And then the second thing I made, because forced rhubarb is in season at the moment, yes,
1: Ooh.
0: was a rhubarb marmalade and rosemary cake. This sounds like it's gonna be great. It was great. It was oh. beautiful and um, I <laughs> I you know I mean I, I never fucking learn I made it <laughs> and it was still quite warm from the oven and I was bringing it over to my friend Louise and Roberta's house and it got kind of like I was bringing it on a flat bottom bag but it got a little bit smushed up on the journey and I was like right. good god why why didn't I just keep it in the tin but regardless of that, it was still, I thought, delicious because it's quite different. Um, you've got polenta in there and you've got ground almonds mm. and marmalade. So there's quite a lot of marmalade as well. Mm. So you make like a rosemary sugar, you bash in a mortar and pestle um, rosemary into some sugar to kind of infuse it. Ooh. And then you beat that rosemary sugar with butter, adding ground almonds and then eggs. There are three large eggs in here. And then you fold in the marmalade, so there's 200 grams of marmalade, which is obviously like the best part of a jar. Um, You keep some back, or there's more in the glaze as well, so you fold in the marmalade, orange zest, some flour, only 100 grams though but 125 grams of polenta, some baking powder and a pinch of salt and then you lay rosemary on the base of the tin that you smooth um you spoon in the batter and the batter is lovely it's just really silky and beautiful you just know it's mm. going to be a good cake and then you lay some more rosemary on top separately you toss rhubarb that is um 300 grams so again it's quite a lot it, um it covers the entire top of the cake you, you basically slice the rhubarb into three centimeter lengths and you toss that with some granulated sugar and then you spread that on top of the cake.
1: Nice. So it was
0: beautiful. Like before it even went in the oven, it just looked gorgeous. And then you- Is make, it in
1: like a round tin? Yeah, it was
0: like a 20 centimeter standard spring form um, cake tin. And it was quite, mine was quite deep actually and the, and it needed to be, which-
1: How
0: deep I, is your tin? deep is your tin? Should've used that for the quiche, for, for the tart, maybe. <laughs> You bake it for quite a while for 120 minutes and i think i had to bake mine yeah i definitely did have to bake mine a bit longer because i had the tart in at the same time and my oven's a piece of shit. so um mine was probably in for like an hour and a half an hour and 40. and when it comes out you heat 40 grams of marmalade um just in a pot until it becomes syrupy and then you push that through a sieve and then you spread that on top of the rube, like on the top of the rhubarb in the cake. Whoa. So it's just beautiful and shiny, like this lovely glaze Wowee. on top. I loved it. I loved this cake. I just thought it was. I can imagine. Delicious. I can't wait to see a
1: picture of this mm-hmm. because I imagine as like a dessert for a dinner party, it would be perfect. Especially like you say, forced rhubarb is in season, so like it's so beautiful and the marmalade. Yeah, and the polenta
0: and the ground almonds and the cake just made it interesting, you know, like not yeah. just your average kind of sponge. Oh, I just thought it was lovely. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, hers is quite like well done in the picture. She does say to cover your, um, it with foil probably for the last bit of the baking. I didn't really need to do that. But yeah, I just, if if you like rhubarb or if you see any, I would just highly
1: recommend um Making this cake, yeah. I just... hope we can find this recipe whilst uh, yes. to put online because that would be whilst rhubarb is around.
0: Yeah, and like, who knew rosemary would go so well with rhubarb? It's lovely. at yeah. that that New York Times piece I read as well actually talks about how she's just really good with combinations. I think they actually mm. use rhubarb as an example as well that she served it with beetroot in some dish. So I I just think she has a really good eye for what yeah what things go what well together. together so yeah oh, i
1: love oh, that God, that sounds so nice and it sounds like this is a great book I, I love that concept i've talked about it before i love it when cookbooks have suggested menus, menus like Otto lenghi does it yeah some of his more recent books like i love that um and, and, and i think often it that, works it does work and i think
0: sometimes that can be like a bit of an afterthought is the menu part but when it's the whole premise of the book it's just great if, if anyone yeah. struggles to like put things together I think this is just lovely and there was loads of I need to ask you about what if there was anything you wanted to make any more one-pot things you wanted to make but um <laughs> there was loads of other stuff in here that I wanted to this like a fig and honey cake and pear blackberry and lovely. hazelnut a lot of really good baking um but some lovely just kind of really simple mediterranean that mediterranean dishes as well like there was pan con but with anchovies um that. that's obviously just really simple but yeah hook it up to my veins uh course those courgette ricotta and pecorino fritters that i mentioned before just looked lovely as yes. well how great would that be for just a summer thing yeah there's um spinach and ricotta nudie which looks nice nudie send nudies um <laughs> just love it
1: I, I really, love it really, I, I
0: didn't oh good yeah when I first got it I was a bit kind of like what's this about it's a bit all over the place but actually that was before I realised it was actually individual menus and yeah I just think it's I I really liked it
1: do you want to rate want to rate separately today as yeah. in we're going to have two different ratings why don't you rate yours right. whilst we're talking about it and then we'll do mine okay let's do it do you want to talk us through our uh, rating system, Vic? I will talk us through our rating. Um, so, <laughs> if you're if you're new here, welcome. Then welcome. How deep is your case? <laughs> um, so, we every time we discuss a book, we rate it out of five, and those five things are the following. I'll talk you the things, <laughs> and then I'll talk about the rating system. So, they are usability and accessibility. That's one. one ingredients used. Aesthetics. Is it Fred? Is it veggie friendly? Is it friendly veggie? Is it crazy <laughs> v- veggie friendly? Uh, and inspirability. Yep, and for each episode, we change what we rate out of based on the book or the chef. Uh, so for today, we will be rating out of different things because the books have quite different vibes. So. I am gonna rate my book in a minute out of chicken thighs. <laughs> in a surprise to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um and Hannah is going to rate I'm going book. to rate out of lowercase letters because there is barely a capital <laughs> letter to
0: be found in this book. It's
1: very um Diana Henry's gone Jay-Z. Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z. <laughs>
0: partnership I want to
1: see (laughs) Tyler, Henry, and Jay-Z. The Jay-Z menu.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's it's all a bit like MySpace 2000. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She does use capital letters where she needs to, i.e., you know, at the beginnings of sentences. It's just that all the recipe dishes, or recipe dishes, (laughs) I love a recipe dish, uh, all of the dishes have lowercase letters. So, usability and accessibility... I'm giving it a point because there's nothing weird in here, nothing tricky. It's fine. It's all very doable. Ingredients Good. used, also a point. Um, I mean there is like occasionally there's like yeah, saffron and stuff like that, which is spenny, but for the most part, all of the ingredients are pretty, easy to find. Mm-hmm. Aesthetics, I'm absolutely giving it one because I think it's really, really beautiful and the photography is nice. So nice. And it's very furry. It's furry. Veggie friendliness, I'm going to maybe knock a half point off because um, it's a lot of fish and meat in here. There is stuff, but, you know, I want to be able to make it all because it's really good.
1: Yeah.
0: And inspirability, I'm also going to give it a point because there's just a lot of stuff in here and it's varied, right? There's like a Brazilian style dish in here as well as kind of French and Italian Mm. and all the baking. So I feel like it's very broad. Um,
1: yeah. So, I'm giving it four and a half lowercase lashes out of five. For nice! 100%. Yay! Um, on like the range as well, this is the same in this one, in um, From the Oven to the Table. <laughs> I keep forgetting the name of it. Um, yeah, there's cabbage wet wedges with exo crumbs, which oh, would fun. be on my list to cook. Yeah, there's also. She, there's a japanese inspired dish and she starts the preamble with i don't know anything about japanese food <laughs> and i love that I, re- I appreciate that like you're not messing yeah, yeah. around saying that you like it but anyway so i am uh rating out of chicken thighs yeah so usability and accessibility gets a point very easy to use very simple just throw it in the oven uh nice. ingredients used that's another one because there is nothing tricky or Stressful about mm. any of the ingredients in here. Um, when there is like the like exo sauce, for example, for those crumbs, yeah. she says you might have to buy it online, but it's worth it. Um, and if you don't want to, then you just don't make that thing. Um, aesthetics, yes, I like how kind of sexy and sultry and like dark it looks. <laughs> yeah, um, it beautiful. makes a difference to what some of the other books we've done, particularly this season. So that's one veggie friendly i'm also going to knock half off because it feels like a lot of the veggie only dishes in this are Mm. sides they're not quite whole meals right um and whilst there is some good stuff it doesn't feel like in the same way as the chicken stuff or like the fish it doesn't feel Mm. quite the same so that's half and inspirability for me at this time it doesn't get a point but yeah. that's not to say that it's 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 bad this is just for my opinion i'm kind of over the one pot life for a few months maybe um so that's three and a half chicken thighs out of five, five. chicken thighs yeah nice oh, we liked diana i think we liked it yeah and just to say for our um for our cookbook circle the first ever one we did that we talked about i made a dish from this which was like baked rice with olives and feta and dill that's right that was so nice that's veggie that was if good you, you know for the cheese but so nice like really interesting like the, yeah like those mediterranean flavors nice um,
0: so yeah yes. that's great
1: i tasted that that was good we so we'll be back next time with a bit of a wrap-up of season two yeah um maybe some awards Maybe some awards. <laughs> then we're going to do some fun ones. Yeah, we're going to do some wildcard fun episodes that are going to be fun. Yeah. So keep your eyes the, peeled for
0: that. All the things that we've said throughout the episodes. We should do an episode on that. We should do it. So yeah. now we're finally going to do it, which will be nice. Free from the bounds of the Shackles lists. of women. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for we listening. Love you. We love
1: you. <laughs> oh, that was in unison. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Cookbook Circle. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and leave us a review as it helps others to find us. You can see how recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram at Cookbook Circle. And if you make anything from the books we talk about, don't forget to tag us. See you next time. Bye.